welcome to this podcast, recorded live at the Junction Church, Aberdeen. We pray this message inspires and encourages you. For more information, you can connect with us at www.thejunctionchurch.com. I want to speak about how as we slow down and as we reach out to the Lord, something Something very personal happens. See, all the time you're racing around, busy with church life, you never spend enough time discovering what God is saying to you about who, what you're called to do, right? We get, uh, we get so busy, we, we forget. I, I was, um, before Christmas, I uh, had gone... You know that sort of week before Christmas when you, you just want to get everything done uh, and you wished... You, you, we, we made a, a, a mind up last year that um, we wanted... We considered Christmas Eve to be two days before the real Christmas Eve so that, <laughs> so that we were ready and we could just stop and relax. And, and uh, we never did it, but we, we, we got close and we were rushing around and sh- I said to Cheryl, I just need to do a little bit more shopping and... And uh, sort of rushing to town, and Cheryl asked me to go into John Lewis and get some—I uh, don't know what is it I had to get, Cheryl. It's something that they, yeah, that makeups, that thing stuff, face stuff. Anyway, anyway, so it's it's stuff that she buys, right, in John Lewis, and uh, for some reason it's the only place you're going to go it, and and you're going to go in there, and and normally I would. You know, if I've been with her when she's buying and then they have this sort of... They talk another language. It's, I don't know what language it is, but they talk to each other about things, words I've never heard of before. <laughs> and they have this thing and then there's this sort of interaction and it's all very girly, right? And, and, and then, and then um, Cheryl will buy something and then magically... Um, because I think this happens everywhere where you, you buy face creams and everything. They, they give you some freebies. And uh, they always give you freebies, don't they, Joey? They always give you... A, they yeah, they should give you freebies. And, and, and out she comes out with a bag. And, but this time, Cheryl was busy before Christmas, and I had to go and do the shopping, right? And I had a... It was on my phone, list of things I had to buy. And, and, but I'm rushing, I'm rushing, and I... And I, I park up in the uh, Bonacore shopping centre and I run down the stairs, uh, gun through next, and, and uh, not particularly aware that people are looking at me, but I realise after they must have been. And, and so I get to the shop and I'm chatting away to this woman, um, sort of revealing to her my kind of absolute... Well, I have no idea what I'm doing here, but I need you to help me. And uh, the women like to come to the rescue of guys who look stupid, so it's a good move, right? <laughs> Just go and look a bit helpless from time to time. People will do anything for you, literally. And all you have to do is say thank you very much, and you walk out with bags of stuff, and you did nothing. Anyway, so, so I'm standing there pulling the useless card, and, uh, uh, and, and she's sort of looking at me, and I, I wasn't really... A, I could see her looking at me like odd, right? But I wasn't, you know, too busy. And uh, so I'm rushing, rushing. It was only when I got home, I noticed I've got a black splodge all the way down my face. <laughs> Nobody said a word that she looked at me. But I was so busy, busy, busy. I had, never, I had no idea where the splodge came from. It was like greasy, liquidy, like slime that had gone down my face. <laughs> you know... 
there, here's the thing about rushing. We, when, we, when we're rushing, we, we're not able to just, like, all these people would have been thinking, Do you see, what was it? That was vile. What was that? You can imagine them all going after. And it's just the rush. It's that constant, it's that constant rushing that stops you from, from seeing. And we, we have to be able to see ourselves to know who we are in Christ. Now, I want to speak to you about um, Moses uh, in the book of Exodus because Moses discovers something of the call of God and how the call of God is such a challenge to your human, your natural human nature. Um, we spend a lot of time in life speaking about authenticity. The world is obsessed with everything which is authentic because most of what we see and experience is fake. And so there is a, a masquerade of, of things in life. That, and the more we push um, social media, the more we push that, we are, we're catching images of life that are not really quite as they really are. And, and so humanity cries for the authentic. And so everyone's saying, oh, we've got to be authentic. I've got to be authentic. But here's the deal with your authenticity. If your authenticity is the brokenness of who you are, I'm not sure that's what God wants us to be to the world. It's like, where's the testimony in that, right? So... Let's have, a, let's have a look at this in Moses, uh, in Exodus, in Moses, in the book of Moses. <laughs> Actually, in Denmark, it is called the, the book of Moses. So, Exodus chapter 3 and verse 10. Now, God is, this is Moses by the burning bush and he's having a discussion and God's just given him a great long encouraging speak, speech about how he's chosen him to go to Pharaoh, right? So, Verse 10, come now, therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Now, this is a curious thing because... I understand this statement because I've heard the call of God many times and I've found the Lord saying to me to do things and this is what I've said back to the Lord, who am I to do this? I don't feel qualified to be able to do this. Who am I? It's a good question, right? It's a reasonable question of Moses going, I'm not sure I'm qualified. And God answers with something which is like he's ignoring him it's like he's just ignored the question right he's gone God Moses says who am I and God says I'll be with you he didn't answer who he was he didn't say Moses you're a really good you know don't believe what the others are saying about you I I believe that you're a great bloke and uh, you and me we're in the majority and uh he doesn't say any of that to him. He just says, Moses, I will be with you. Yeah. Yeah. And here is the extraordinary work 
that we have to understand about how we're called by God is that Moses knew that he was a Moses knew he was a hot-headed, strong-minded kind of person, uncompromising, caught up on important. Moses was very detailed. He's caught up in these very important details and, and critical things. And Moses was, was quite a, a cautious character. And in not he wasn't that kind of Peter-type personality that was just like, bold and just say but Moses was strong but he was strong because he was uncompromising about core values and and these these are the these are the rules this is how you do things and anything else is wrong and so injustice would be wrong that's why he killed the Egyptian and then because of that that's why he's in the desert so he knows that Moses the man as a person has only caused him problems he doesn't have a lot of, like, there's not a lot of sort of rewards to say how good Moses is as a leader. Because here he is in the backside of the desert leading sheep. That's the result of his personality. That's, that's Moses. So when Moses sees himself, he sees Moses, the man, plus his brokenness equals disaster. Right? Yeah. We have to, but when God comes along, God says, Moses, you're the man, plus my redemptive plan for your life equals breakthrough. Yeah, yeah, come on. You see, what God does is for the authentic, for you to discover the authentic you, we have to go on a journey of what it means to let go of our brokenness that we may be able to receive word which the Lord is speaking over our life and we can step into that pace of which God wants us to minister his presence and his glory you see Moses knew that he had to reveal the presence of the Lord but he didn't know how he was going to do that because he's broken you see the true authentic you is not the broken you right I said last week, when Jesus touched Peter's life, Peter never changed at all, but he was totally transformed. Peter never changed at all, but he was totally transformed. You see, transformation is not about your personality, it's about your brokenness. It's about your brokenness. God comes to restore that which is broken but to use that which he has gifted you to be. Does that make sense to you? See, that's what you're called to be. And so God's redemptive gift working in you through the personality of who you are is the true authentic you. Now, let's have a look at this. See, Peter, this is Peter, the broken person rejecting Jesus at the place of the crucifixion that's Peter hot-headed Peter but in his brokenness see your personality is not your actions you with me here your personality is not your actions your personality is how 
you see and filter everything in life. Yeah. It's your response. It's, it, it's how you measure. It's, it's the gift you bring. So uh, when I was a child growing up, um, my parents had a little tin shop attached to the side of the house. It was a village store, and they would sell vegetables and oil lamps and uh, paraffin for the villagers that still cooked on paraffin stoves. And, and uh, they, would, they would sell um, sort of sweets and crisps, and every so often, occasionally, my mum would let me have a packet of cheese and onion crisps. And, uh, and uh, so we had this sort of lovely old village shop that was on the side of the house. And between the house and the shop was an old door and antique. The house was built in the 1850s and, and there was this wonderful old door with coloured glass. And the coloured glass would be, it was just a sort of square and you had, and you had like uh, red panels and then green ones and blue. And I was a child, I would just love standing on the house side looking through into the shop and looking through the glass and just... Seeing, seeing it through the, the filter of red and seeing it through the filter of blue and the filter of green. You'd see this different, and it would change. Now, who you are is how you filter and you bring a reflection of the gift of God upon your life. But it's not your choices. It's not your actions. Your actions are defined either by your personality plus either your brokenness or the redemptive nature of God upon your life. You have to make that choice. What often happens is that we choose to respond according to our brokenness and then we ask the Lord to rescue us and we feel that that's the Christian life. The Christian life is not about manifesting our brokenness, it's about manifesting God's redemption because my brokenness was dealt with upon the cross, it's no longer relevant. So I don't have an excuse to be rushing around and saying, yes, but that's me because... That brokenness is not me. Jesus has already dealt with it. And the moment I confessed him as my Lord and Savior, I no longer have ownership of that brokenness. That That has been taken and removed from my life. And it has been replaced with a redemptive gift of God saying, yeah, I'm going to be with you. You're not qualified, but I'm going to be with you. And me with you, I'm going to do something far more weighty, far more incredible upon your life. But what happens is that we spend so much of our time thinking about ourselves, but without the redemptive nature of what God is saying, we begin to just think about our own personality and our own, like, this is my gift and this is what I want to do and and this is what I like. But, you know, that's what Satan did. Satan was in heaven as a worshipping angel. He had uh, pipes and uh, he was a... He was a musical instrument uh, and he was a worship leader of heaven and he was so caught up with what he could do, he got overwhelmed by his own glory and it destroyed him. 
You see, if all we do is ever concentrate on what we are without redemptive nature of God, we create a God in our own image. We just create a God in our own image. We must understand who we are is defined by the redemptive work of Christ. That our personality must have that redemptive work for the world to see the authentic us. Because that's who we're called to be. That God so loved the world that we might find who we're really called to be. You imagine, see, God is more than capable of building his kingdom without humanity, right? I mean, he can just say stuff and it happens. He could and just say, oh, you, um, were you politicians messing up Brexit? You can just die right there. You're, that's a terrible thing. I go, no, I don't mean that. I, I don't, that was meant to be a joke. It didn't work. No. <laughs> and so, so God can do whatever he likes, right? But what would be the point of that? What would be the point? God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. The world is people and he won't, he can't. He has restrained his power so that it can only be revealed through the submission and the acceptance of humanity going, yes, Jesus, I believe that you are the king. And so when the church... It says, of his government shall rest upon his shoulders, shall know no end, right? Yeah. doesn't say upon his head, it says upon his shoulders. Jesus is the head. The church is the shoulders. Yeah. Wow. didn't say the government rests on his head. It comes from his head, but it rests on the shoulders. Mm-hmm. So his government rests on the church. So the church must carry the redemptive work of Christ for us to fully know what it is and how we should reveal the power and the presence of the Lord. Now, let me just read this to you. John chapter 2, verse 11. Jesus has just turned water into wine. There's more alcohol. And uh, I I, I love this. I love all the, the Christians who say, uh, who declared that when Jesus made the best wine, it wasn't alcoholic. <laughs> Have you ever tasted non-alcoholic wine? <laughs> that is not good. You're better off buying Schler, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, Jesus, at a party, creates the best wine of which people are choosing to drink, who knows how much they had. But we know he made a lot of it. Right? Then it says, in verse, in John 2 verse 11, it says, This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. So this beginning of signs, so Jesus starts here, Revealing his glory 
One miracle at a time. So Jesus is now fully man, living as a man, setting a standard for all of us to walk in. It's quite possible that none of us will quite reach the standard of Jesus, right? (laughs) We accept that. But that's not the point. Jesus sets a standard. He sets a pattern that Jesus is fully man, reliant upon the Holy Spirit, and he reveals the glory of God by bringing forth the miracle presence of God and bringing forth the redemptive work of the Lord in every environment and every circumstance. You see, redemption is more than your soul having eternal life. Right? It's more than that in the sense that the overflow of eternal life is the full work of Christ. It includes more wine at weddings. The redemptive work of God includes more wine at weddings. I don't know how many more weddings have had more wine. Perhaps none. But that's not the point. The point is, in any given environment, the glory of the Lord begins to work. And as we learn to to stop rushing around in our natural man. You need to listen to next week to understand what I'm talking about. Last week, next week. You need to listen to last week to understand what I was saying about this week, the natural man and the spiritual man. But but Jesus begins to reveal his glory, which is the manifestation of the church, the redemptive nature of who we're called to be. And he does it one miracle at a time. He just begins to reveal it. This is how it works. Peter, the broken man who rejects Jesus at the cross, comes back having seen and understood that redemption at the Sea of Galilee. And Peter's then walking to the temple and he turns to the man who's lame, and I spoke about this last week, he lifts them up. But the time you get several chapters and several years in, Peter is now walking down the road, and his shadow is healing people. He's gone from glory to glory. See, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, he's learned to live by the redemptive work, plus Peter, is an extraordinary combination where even the shadow of him can heal what could happen if we begin to allow the redemptive work of the holy spirit moving upon our life what can we step into what can we grow from what can we do rather than living in our own self-centered this is my gift this is what i want to do type of life we've got to step into a different kind of glory A different kind of nature. Now, Jesus, right at the beginning of his ministry, speaking to Nicodemus, John chapter 3. You all know the famous one, right? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. You see the King James Version, right? (laughs) (laughs) He can tell what I was raised with. 
But in John chapter 3, verse 12 and 13, Jesus says something that will flip your brain, right? That's why we don't quote it very often. He's talking, he says, if I've told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Now get this, verse 13. No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. (laughs) No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. Wait, where are you? (laughs) Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus on earth, who says he's... From heaven, but no one can ascend to heaven other than the Son of Man who came down from heaven. That is, he laid aside, he laid aside his deity, he laid aside the power and authority as the word of God. He laid it aside and became a man. But because of his eternal nature because of his redemptive nature because of his perfection as a man without sin he was able to ascend to heaven and then he says to Nicodemus the son of man who is in heaven so he's talking to Nicodemus here but his spirit is there Your spirit man, your natural man. Your natural man lives here, but your spirit man lives in the heavenly places because that's where the glory and the redemptive work is revealed. So, So the call of God upon our lives is to discover that it's his presence. See, the presence of the Lord is where heaven is discovered. See, Jesus says, the Son of Man is in heaven. Now, heaven, in our mind, is a place where all our dead family who believe in Jesus are living right now, right? Heavens. There are... Heaven is a very, very broad subject. It's, uh, it's like the word love, it, it's got, it's got a huge, stretchy kind of... It has many different connotations depending on context. So, um, my parents are in heaven. They love Jesus. I won't be bringing my mum to Mother's Day. <laughs> She's in heaven. <laughs> and, and so, <laughs> that's it. It's, <laughs> it's all right. It's like... <laughs> it's like so... That's a heavenly place, but my spirit doesn't go and hang out with mum and dad, right? That's called something else. We won't go there. (laughs) My spirit belongs with the presence of the Lord, which is in heaven. Because his presence is always heaven. His presence is always the place of perfection because there is no sin in him. He is the place when I'm in the Lord, I'm in an eternal context with no limitation. So, with my spirit, man, 
there is an endless supply of miracles. There's an endless supply of God's grace. It is not sufficient for us to say, I can't do this. I can't do that. We, we don't have that privilege because to say that is to say his redemption is not sufficient yeah. for me to do this work. Yeah, Let me finish with this. See, Moses' brokenness was fixed by God's presence. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 6 to 8, he says, Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having his hand having in his hand a live coal which he'd taken from the tongs of the altar and he touched my mouth with it and said behold this has touched your lips your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged also I heard the voice of the Lord saying whom shall I send and who will go for us then I said here I am send me the difference between a man who's caught by a a command from the Lord but hasn't been touched by his spirit and a man who has been touched by the seraphim whatever they are but the presence of the Lord has come down with a mighty burning coal a, a symbol of purification and redemption healing, restoring touches him and instead of saying who am I he says, here I am. See, that's what happens when you discover who the Holy Spirit is. See, there's a call on your life. Instead of saying, who am I? I can't do this. We start to say, here I am. Send me. Here I am. Send me, Lord. Lord, let me go. Let me pray for that sick person. Let me share my testimony. By the way, your testimony is as miraculously powerful as your prayer for healing. It's the same spirit. It's the same. It's, it's working. It's working. It's the same miracle power. When someone finds Jesus as their Lord and Savior, you think that's not miraculous? It is a supernatural work of the Lord, immeasurable by human standards. There is nothing to define it or measure it. You can't tie it up into a group of little rules and regulations. When God touches someone's soul, they're eternally transformed. It is a supernatural miracle that happens in the, in the midst of us. And I wonder whether we can be so filled with the Holy Spirit that we might just be able to just walk with Him in such a deep and personal way that the coals of His fire touching on our life, we stop saying, Lord, who... Who am I? And we start saying, Lord, here I am. Thanks for joining with us. For more information about events, service times, and how to connect with us, visit www.thejunctionchurch.com.